0: Welcome to The Memory Hole Show, where we talk about controversial ideas, unacceptable views, and pry through the madness. I'm your host, Brian, and this is episode number 14. Welcome back, everyone. I hope everybody is healthy and enjoying life as best you can. It's a long weekend here in Canada as I write this episode, so it's nice to have a break from the busy schedule. I hope you will take a break too, especially from Twitter. It's great to have a peek inside the madness of society known as Twitter, but you have to step back and spend time with your family and friends. That's the real world. That's where the real experiences are. Anyways, this weekend's episode is one that has a little bit of homework. I have a thought experiment for you to try out. It'll tell you a lot about the person you're talking to, and it will lead to an interesting conversation. On with the show. I have a thought experiment for you. I've used this thought experiment on many people. It's helped me to determine the way people think and what their priorities are. Here goes. You and a friend both won a prize in a contest. You have to decide what the prize structure will be. The first option is that both you and your friend will receive $1,000 each. The second option is that you'll receive $2,000 and your friend will receive $4,000. Which option do you pick and why? The interesting thing about this experiment is that it shows which part of the prize structure people will focus on, their own prize or the prize of their friend. I was able to notice a pattern from the people that I asked. The people that chose the first prize, the $1,000 each, reasoned their decision by asking, why should the other person receive more than me? And the people that chose the second prize, where they would receive $2,000 but their friend would receive $4,000, they reasoned their decision by stating they would get twice as much money as the first prize. So there's generally two ways to look at this prize structure. The first is that you either get $1,000 or $2,000. So obviously, the bigger prize, the better for you financially. Does it really matter what your friend got, whether they got a bigger prize or not? Now, the second way to look at it is, as long as we all receive equal prizes, it's okay to take less money. This prize focuses on what other people have or will receive at the cost of your own winnings. So what we really discover from this thought experiment is that This price structure kind of reflects different ways of organizing society. On the one hand, everyone gets the same, but ends up with much less because of it. On the other hand, everyone gets more, but some people have more than others. So, all equal but poorer, or all richer but unequal. To me, I'd rather have more, in fact, as much as I'm willing to put in to get it. But for many people, they want to prevent others from having more than themselves. This says something about people's priorities personal growth versus societal limits. The bottom line is that there will always be people that are more rich than me, better at sports, better looking, smarter, more successful. I could try to tear them down, live life with envy being my driving force. But what's the point? I don't care what other people have. The important lesson is to be a better version of yourself today compared to the version of yourself yesterday. Trying to be better than yourself should be the goal, not trying to bring others down. What's interesting about this question is the pattern that emerges when you start asking people. You should try it. When I asked people, I noticed a trend along political leanings and age groups. Between the left and the right and the old and the young, who do you think would pick which option? Keeping in mind, I'm presenting this scenario to a small amount of people, but it's still interesting. From my limited sample size, I've found that people that lean left, as well as younger, tend to pick the $1,000 prize. Conversely. People that are older or lean more right of center tend to pick the $2,000 prize. Interesting. It shows what people focus on. This ties into the idea of fair share. You hear people say it all the time. The rich need to pay their fair share. It's an interesting thing to say. First, why did they use the word share? Share of what? What they're referring to is all the money that's going around society. This statement implies that money belongs to society. In much the same way that the left believe the unit of concern in society is the group rather than the individual, they also believe the money belongs to the group, as in society. And so, if some people have more than others, they've taken it from those that have less. To them, they have taken more than their fair share. It also implies that these people believe that the economy is a zero-sum game. So, the size of the pizza is fixed, but some people took more slices, therefore leaving less pizza for everyone else. And this is false. When people participate in the economy, they add value. Over time, this value grows as more people keep adding more and more value. Over and over again, this grows the economy. The pizza gets bigger. Or, think of it another way. If there was a zero-sum economy, then when the world only had one billion people, they would have been far richer. And now, with around 8 billion people, we would have roughly one-eighth of the pizza. So we'd be significantly poorer. But we aren't. We are the richest generation that have ever lived. The rich are richer, but the poor are also richer. So why all the complaining? Why all the envy? So getting back to fair share, then we have the fair part. Fair implies justice, what is right versus what is wrong. When you combine these words into a package, there is a judgment on what is the right amount of a person's take on the group's wealth. As you can see, the entire framing of this statement is false. My money is mine because I worked for it. It's fair that I keep it, wouldn't you say? So I was thinking about this whole fair share thing one day and it got me thinking. I wonder what the top earners pay in income taxes. As it turns out, this was a really good idea to think about because when I asked the pushers of fair share, I quickly realized they had no idea what the rich pay. As it turns out, the fair share pushers are more like children in a candy store. They see candy and say, I want that and I don't want to pay for it. So, here's a question. How much should the rich pay in order to have paid their fair share? If we look at the top 10% of income earners in the U.S., which are people making over 150k, what would you say they should pay in income tax? 10%? How about 50%? So the top 10% should pay 50% of the income tax bill, right? Okay, seems unfair to me. But what if I told you that in 2018, they paid 71% of the income tax bill? You can check it out for yourself on taxfoundation.org. They put a nice article together called Summary of the Latest Federal Income Tax Data, and they broke it down with some nice graphs and everything else. So that was the top 10%. What about the top 5%? That group earned at least 217 k and paid 60% of the income taxes. And then you have that small little 1% earning at least 540 k paying a whopping 40% of the income tax bill in the U.S., which made me wonder, what's left to pay? What's interesting is that the bottom 50% pays just 2.9% of the income tax bill. Imagine that. The people that would benefit the most from extracting more money from the rich through taxes pay less than 3% of the taxes themselves. To me, that seems a little disingenuous. The fair share campaign is a great sales pitch and all, but it's actually a lie. People simply desire the unearned. They want others to go to work for them and they would keep the money. But there's a word for that. Slavery. One of my favorite quotes on this topic is from the great Thomas Sowell. He said, what exactly is your fair share of what someone else has worked for? So I have to ask, were you surprised by those income tax percentages? The first time I saw them, I was, and the people I pushed back against simply didn't believe me. When I asked what the top 10% should pay to be paying their fair share, not one person ever went over 50%. Scary as that is, they were all shocked to find out that they paid 71%. And so the conversation about paying a fair share ended right there. As usual, before I go, help me promote this show. Subscribe, leave me a five-star review, share the show, leave comments on Twitter at MemoryholeShow and visit the website MemoryholeShow.com. As usual, I have a question. How much income tax do you think the top 10% should pay? Leave comments on social media at Memory Hole Show and join the conversation to unsilence yourself. And don't forget, speak up or you'll get memory hold. All content from memoryholeshow.com and the Memory Hole Show is for the purpose of entertainment and is presented solely as opinion.